Okay. We're fucking back. We're back. Ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. My fucking God. <laughs> All right. Uh, yep. This is 17, episode 17. We're going to be talking about childhood, being little children's. What it was like to be a little children. Ready? Spoiler alert. We all died. We all died. Yeah, this is some fucked up purgatory punishment. Yeah. Being here, recording this shit. Yeah, this limbo. Fucking Christ. Yeah, it was back. You know, back when we were wee lads. I don't know. I had a. I mean, I think everybody has a. Some shit that haunts them, from their childhood. You know, their parents fucked them up somewhere somehow. But generally, I would say, I had a mostly pretty sweet ass childhood. Like when you really reflect honestly on the totality of your childhood, for me, it was it was a mostly uh, happy experience. There's a lot of camaraderie, a lot of fun to be had. You know, mm. and I feel like it was it's a lot different than the way it is now. You know, but at least where I live, I don't really see a lot of kids running around in the fucking streets going haywire. I mean, once in a while, but when I was a little guy, that's all we did. You know, we come home from school. And we'd get off the bus, we'd run over, uh, run in the fucking bedroom, and, you know, I'd run in the bedroom, living room, whatever, and I'd crank on fucking Pokemon, man. Right right around that time when you got off from school, like 3.30, 4 o'clock or so, it was Pokemon and uh, fucking Dragon Ball Z back to back. Damn straight. And I was... I'll be honest, I was more of a Gundam Wing fan. Well, that's fucking disgusting that you could say something like that. Oh, fuck you. I like giant robots. Fucking heresy, man. Like, (laughs) DTV back then was fucking hype. It was great. I mean, granted, you know, as an adult man looking back, nearing the fucking ripe age of 30, uh, you know, long about that 20th episode of the fucking Kamehameha wave, I'm kind of over it, you know. (laughs) But as a fucking youngin, it it was fucking awesome. You know, I was so hyped when he was finally gonna let that motherfucking laser beam go and fuck somebody up you know it was an exciting moment and so basically you know we get off the bus and watch those uh you know i'd go to my place everybody go do their thing whatever everybody had their routine that was mine come home watch those two episodes and then we'd all congregate somewhere outside you know typically outside of my house in the neighborhood and we'd be up to something it was always something different and it was usually pretty damn fun. We had, we'd do foot races. I took a lot of pride in my uh, racing ability, I suppose, as a child. I, I don't know. I had dumbass Nike sneakers. Actually, I, I wish I could buy them today. If they still made them, I'd get them. But they look like socks. I've always loved sneakers that look like socks. Because, again, prior to this recording, I'm fucking lazy and I don't like to tie shoes. I had this little cage over it. And I thought they looked so cool, and they were super comfortable, super badass running shoes. And I felt like the fucking Flash. And I'd always, we'd always do foot races on the street uh, in front of my house to see who was the fastest and shit. We was always doing that or playing basketball and shit. And, uh, you know, we had a little court and stuff. Well, not a court, but, you know, like a fucking goal or whatever. And, yeah, we'd be doing that or fucking riding four-wheelers and motorcycles or something and causing a fucking ruckus, playing tag and all kinds of shit. We'd have dirt clawed fights. That's when you're really bored. That's when you got, you run out of ideas. You just start throwing fucking clobs of dirt at each other, most of which had rocks in them. 
Uh, I don't know. Sounds like a good time to me. I mean, it was honestly. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. You know, and on top of that, we uh, eventually my dad bought us a clubhouse. Me and my brother, and I fucking loved that thing. It uh, it was like a tiny house, and you go in there, and it was so damn cool. And we just ran a power cord out to it. He eventually, I think, hooked up electricity to it, but uh, legitimately, it was fucking awesome. I had a Nintendo, I had a Super Nintendo in there, and I had a ton of games. You know, we get from flea markets and yard sales and shit. I had so many games, and my buddies would come over and we'd play it, and it was a fucking great time. I loved it. You know, had my problems, obviously, but uh, you know, being a fucking ginger kid, getting relentlessly tormented fucking day at school and you know my dad fucking yelling and raising hell being a dickhead a lot of the time but nonetheless pretty good time pretty good childhood yeah i think with me like the fondest memory i had uh what one of them at least was so my dad once bought me this kind of like tiny little rideable uh, jeep for kids you know like You've probably uh, seen like a them. power wheel, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, yeah, like a power wheel. Like I had one of those big power wheel four wheelers. Uh, well, not four wheel Jeep, and I always fucking loved riding that shit. Anytime I went to my dad's house, I always wanted to ride that shit. And like my dad would, you know, we'd go into this pickup truck and we'd go some like large. You know, some large vacant lot, and you know, he'd let me ride around like a fucking mad person. And you know, sadly, like the battery life on that shit uh, was pretty terrible. So most times, I would ride for a few minutes, and then my dad would just come in and he just like push the the car for me, just like let me. He'd keep letting me drive it while he's pushing it. It, uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we had a. Uh... We had a couple of those. Those are pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. You know, zipping around in them, thinking you're a badass and shit. Me and my cousin used to ride in that little thing all the time. But yeah, yeah I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I remember too, and I've told you this before, uh, I think, in that clubhouse, this was when I got a little older, you know, when I was about 12 or 13 or so. My dad used to run a, like a mechanic in business. Right next to the house, he had a big garage. I mean, you know, it's still there, but he don't, you know, he don't use it for that purpose anymore. He just uses it for storage. But he used to do a lot of mechanic work, and it's right next to the house. And behind the house, it was damn near a junkyard. I mean, he, did, he there was just a bunch of junk cars that nobody ever ever came to reclaim or never got fixed or you know whatever they just left or uh, you know whatever the case. It was always some different type of scenario, and there was a van back there. This old ass, ugly, brown ass van. It had brown curtains and shit in it. So you couldn't see in. Well, he's always back there raising hell somehow, you know, shooting shit with BBs. We found an old, broke down ambulance back there, raided that motherfucker for like utensils and all kinds of weird shit. So we go snooping around. And typically, you know, the average day was mostly my damn brother causing a fucking all kinds of hell take his BB gun back there and just shoot the fuck out of the windshields. Of course, my dad would get pissed as fuck because some of those cars were, you know, legitimate. He did obviously would prefer we not fucking destroy them. Now, again, that was mostly fucking Cody's doing, not mine. I wasn't much on the destroying fucking cars. Yeah, but, so if you're listening to this, uh, Mr. Moxley, you know, you know, the, you know what's, got, yeah, what's up. Yeah, dad knows. He knows it. What the fuck. 
So, but still, I didn't mind. I, you know, I still would snoop. You know what I mean? I'd snoop around. So we get in this fucking, we see this van. We always curious what's in it. It's like this van was a perennial fucking entity. It it was always there. For whatever fucking reason, you know, some things would come and go. They'd get scrapped. Some people would eventually come and get something, pick their shit up. But this van never, no one ever come back for this fucking thing. So one day we finally decide, the group of us, me, uh, Jeremy, my cousin Danny, my brother, maybe Corey, or other cousin, maybe. It is a fucking big crew of us. We decide, you know, we're going to see what's in this van. We get in this fucking van. It was just chaos. I wrote a paper on this shit in college. And I'll never forget, dude. This guy, it was like a... It was was some kind of fucking literary class. Can't remember what. But the dude had never given, like, a, a perfect grade to a paper in this class until I wrote this fucking dumb story. It was the dumbest fucking story. It's called 12. And... Uh, it's just about this van. That's all the story is. So we decide, you know, we want to get in. What fucking trouble can we get in today? What what madness can can we uh, stir up? So we decide to go hit up this van. We go to the fucking van. Start snooping around. We can't see in because of the curtains. So eventually we manage to jimmy this fucking thing open. Somehow. We get inside. And, you know, it's just filled to the brim with fucking all kinds of shit everywhere magazines and videotapes and and all kinds of fucking what me nots we start rummaging through dude this entire fucking van top to bottom end to end is filled with porn just every fucking where oh i mean it was fucking drowning in it dude so we look through they've got i've never seen anything like in my life it's i don't i still don't know how the fuck this thing came to be but there were baseball cards every fucking where that were just like porn themed, you know, like some it was like a baseball card, but it'd be a, like a porn star instead. Right. <laughs> like fucking instead of Barry Bods and it's like a rare collectible. It was the fucking Jenna Jameson or some shit. And there were other there were also like uh, poker cards that had titties on them, and you know, uh, fucking thick asses and shit with thongs and whatnot. So. We start rummaging still, looking further, and there's magazines everywhere. Tit- titty magazines, this, that, and the other, just fucking, you know, some bitch eating like a fucking greasy cheeseburger with her titties out, and it's like dripping down her fucking nipples or something. So, and we're obviously, we're in fucking hog heaven at this point. I've, we, we've never experienced anything this fucking amazing. And uh, so we rummage through, and then we find some fucking tapes, and the covers to the tapes. And holy shit they were cartoon porns <laughs> like they were fucking basically like early hentai type shit i guess i don't know but it was like you know westernized normal looking cartoons except people was fucking and shit so we're spazzing the fuck out all of a sudden while we're fucking pillaging through all this shit cody who's a little bit younger than me at the time he would have been like seven or eight he starts saying his stomach hurts and he needs to poop and he has i'm pretty sure he has like irritable bowel syndrome and shit and he's like oh my stomach and i'm like run home stupid it's like i mean the fucking garage is right next to the house just run into the fucking house go take a shit he's like no oh, my stomach ah. i'm like get the fuck out of here man go on and you know we're all yelling at him and he's like oh i just I'm, he's like no i'm just gonna shit at this van he's like 
fuck it. No one's coming back for this van. I don't care. No one even cares about this van. And I'm like, Cody, don't shit in this goddamn van. He's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't give a fuck. No one's coming for this fucking van. I'm going to leave him a surprise. And I'm like, oh, you nasty motherfucker. So while we're all like trying to gather up these fucking porno tapes and this, that, and the fucking other, this fucking little bastard pulls his tiny little fucking jeans down, squats over this bitch, goddamn primitive style, it just squirts out the nastiest liquid sh- fucking shit straight oh, diarrhea you've ever seen in your life. It looked like fucking yeah. hot stew, dude. It looked like fucking soup, like broth. And he just proceeds to ass blast all in this fucking... And the seats were like, I think, concave, not convex. I'm, I'm quite sure it's concave, where it's like sunken in. And it just feels like a fucking bowl. Full oh, of his nasty. hot, soupy shit. <laughs> anal juice. And it just it, it's just sitting there. And so we all gather everything we can as quickly as possible while we're covering our fucking nuts. So we got like our shirts open, like a fucking grocery bag full of fucking porn cards and magazines and tapes and shit. And we got an, our other fucking hand covering our mouths, masking the fucking shit <laughs> Deathly shit smell, and we fucking haul ass out this fucking van, and we never step foot in that sandwich again because it was ripe with shit. And God, God bless the fucking poor soul that that eventually come around and found that bastard and got rid of it. And if it was Dad, I'm sorry. I don't know who the fuck it was, but bless your heart. So we take it back to the damn clubhouse. Now the clubhouse was not the the best quality. It was very cheap. You know, the walls were warped. The wood was like a fake paneling it wasn't you know like real legitimate wood it was just a cheap paneling and so it was warped all the fucking time i don't know if it was water damage or what it was either way the walls was warped so they kind of stuck out they sort of poked out and all this shit so what we did was we ripped out certain parts of the magazines and shit that we wanted to keep and crammed them back into the walls so we hid a bunch of porn in the walls and the cards and shit there was a, a bunk bed in there and we hid the a bunch of porn under the slats of the bunk beds and you know the tapes and this that and the other and you know we got we got rid of the covers and like hit, you know mask it to where they just look like we had a bunch of vhs tapes and shit laying around and we go in there the uh, the lot of us and fucking giggle around looking at fucking porn and all the shit but the prize jewel among all of this among all the treasures uh and i kept it i wished I, i'd give anything to have that some bitch to this day i don't know what happened to it but it was one of those damn pins and when it was uh, not clicked down, when, when the little fucking pin was inside of the casing, the woman had a bikini on. And when you clicked it down, it pulled it down. And she was like fucking bare pussy, titties is out and everything. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. one of those fucking skeezy ass pins. I loved that some bitch. Um, anyway, so we hid this shit for a while and had a good go of it. And one day, so that was over the weekend. Then, you know, we got to go back to school on Monday. And so we decide we're going to show the rest of our friends because they're going to fucking, like, their mind's going to be blown. We reveal this fucking catastrophic find. You know, this was like finding the goddamn dinosaur bones or some other archaeological discovery. It was amazing. For a fucking 12-year-old mind, it don't, you know, you could fucking tell me you discovered life on another planet. It still pales in comparison to, to this my 12-year-old fucking version of myself. So we get all this shit, and we head out to school, and, you know, mom's driving us to school. Me and Code are laughing her asses off. She has no idea why. 
what the fuck's wrong with y'all? Nothing, nothing, nothing. You're in an awfully good fucking mood. What the hell's wrong with y'all? You know, why would a fucking kid be this excited to go to school early on a fucking Monday morning? Well, it's because we was, you know, we was going to show out. And we get to school, and, uh, you know, Code, he was in, a, like, the school below me because of his age and stuff. You know, so he was at the other end and shit, so I don't know what happened with him. But I don't know if he had any porn on him. This might have just been my doing. But anyway, I take this shit to school, and Jeremy already knows about it. And we meet up, and we meet up with the rest of our friends. And we're like, y'all motherfuckers ain't gonna believe this shit, dude. Check this shit out. What is it? I said, come out in front of the bathrooms. That was the hangout spot in front of the bathrooms. And uh, it's one of the bathrooms where it's like the guys right next to the girls, and it's a big open, like you go into a fucking Walmart. You know what I mean? It's not a door. It's like a big-ass open uh, hole. And then, it, you know, you walk back in there and that's the bathroom. And so we go over there and we, in the, you know, that's important. For it, that will momentarily be important to note. So we're standing out, congregate in front of the bathroom like a bunch of fucking heathens like we always do. And we're discussing, you know, our find and all our friends are fucking shocked, surprised, uh, stimulated even. And they're so fucking stoked. They're like, holy shit, it's amazing. And I'm like passing out cards and shit. And it's so cool. And, uh, you know, we're all just geeking out over the shit. Well, there was this kid named Adam in our class. Everybody picked on Adam. Because um, he just was fucking had the fakest that You know, he just desperately wanted to be liked. And, and consequently, no one liked him, ironically. Um, and everyone picked on him fucking relentlessly. So... Adam comes moseying up. Oh, shit, what are you doing, guys? What are you doing? You know, one of them fucking Me Too type beta fellers, you know? Want to mimic everything you fucking do like a parrot. So he come up, and he's talking. You know, what do y'all got? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we're showing him whatever we included. Sure enough, a damn teacher runs around and says, what, what are y'all doing? Fucking, you know, catches wind of what's going on. And in a panic, I grab up everything hand it to him forcefully and we fucking pushed him into the fucking girl's bathroom at, oh. it, it just out of sheer panic and then all of a sudden we hear ah, 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 fucking screams and hoots and hollers and shit because this dumbass had everything in his hands and it fucking fell everywhere scattered all over the girl's bathroom and these poor fucking girls 12 year old girls are freaking the fuck out because there's fucking porn titties and pussies and assholes laying around scattered all over the fucking floor and there's poor adam fucking petrified terrified mouth agape while he's fucking strewn out across the fucking girl's bathroom floor and we just ran like hell for you know for any of us got caught with anything and you know honestly nothing nothing ever come of it i mean besides adam's fucking absolute mortification that's a word and uh yeah it was pretty awesome it was a fucking <laughs> It was one of the better moments of my fucking childhood. And uh, I, I sometimes wonder whatever happened to that fucking van. I don't I don't know if uh, there's remnants of porn somewhere stashed under the fucking seat somewhere or whatever happened to the remainder of it. But it served the purpose of that story. So I'm happy that I found it. I think the first time I ever came across some porn was back when I was living with my mom. I would always just like always explore the house and just look through every cupboard and uh, closet and shelf we had. I don't know. I, not that I was looking for anything specific. I just wanted to open up and see what was inside. 
And in my mom's bedstand, like I open it up one day and see this the stack that's wrapped in paper and gift in the wrapping gift wrapping paper. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Well, obviously I'm not saying the the fucking shit. I was like, kid, I didn't even I didn't even know those words yet. What the frick is this poop? <laughs> exactly. I was like, what the frick is this poop? You know, it's the uh, what is it? And for the longest time, I didn't know what it was. But at the same time, I knew it wasn't mine, and I didn't want my mom to know that I know what that there was something in there. So for the longest time, I just like didn't touch it, wouldn't touch it, but always was always curious what it was. So one day, I just said, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna frick it. I'm gonna I'm gonna look what's inside." Mm-hmm. So I grab it and I try to kind of tear a little bit of the wrapping paper on the side, and it was porn. Oh, yeah, my my I mean, mom. Was what was it hers? Yeah, I found my mom's porn DVDs. What the hell? Yeah. Hey, hey, you know you gotta fucking smash one out. You know? <laughs> Exactly. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked because the cover of it was very explicit. It was a big, t- blonde woman sucking some cock. Holy shit! Okay, right to the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also remember uh, my closet one time. I found at the bottom of this fucking bin somewhere. I found this little keychain. I fucking. That pin and that keychain. I'd, I'd, I'd use that keychain to this day. But it had a hinge on it. And there was two people. It was a man and a woman doing a 69. And it, it like moved and shit. So you could make them, you know, you could make them 69 each other and shit. So, fucking love that thing, man. I had it forever, but I don't know what the hell I did with it. Maybe if I rummage through their house, I'm going to go back home. Fucking rummage through my parents' things and shit. I'll find it one day. Maybe the pit, too. Yeah, I mean, porn, you know, I think it's a big part of childhood, or at least yeah. adolescence. If it's a part of your childhood, childhood is a fucking problem. But, you know, you know, it's just, I think it's normal. Maybe not, like, shitting in this fucking seat of a van <laughs> and shit. That part's not so much normal, but the, the porn part is. But, yeah. you I mean, talking about fucking shitting in the van, I got to tell this fucking hilarious story that happened to me when I was a kid. Maybe I've told you this before, but uh, to our audience here, uh, I'm going to tell you a very embarrassing story that probably any other sane person would just keep to themselves. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so this happened back in, uh, I think you guys would consider this primary school. Uh, fourth or fifth grade primary school. So we had the Spanish test. Uh, this morning and i just wanted to get it done i just I studied for it i think so i don't know maybe probably got a good grade probably not so we were doing the test and i really wanted to just finish it. i did not want to go anywhere else but i was like having stomach aches like i was like what the fuck what was wrong with my stomach i can feel something weird in it but, you know, like I was focused on this test. I wanted to get a good grade. Didn't want to 
get up and go to the bathroom and then miss it and and fail. So I tried to clench it in as much as I can until I was finished. And I just rushed through that quiz. And as soon as I was done, I asked the teacher, teacher, can I go to the bathroom? And she gives me permission. So I, I go, I run and grab the toilet paper and just bolt it to the the boy's bathroom. Wait, wait, you grabbed the toilet paper. This is the fucking toilet paper in in the classroom or something? Yes, yes that's fucking. Yeah. That's fucking weird. But continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. The primary school I went to was kind of weird. And uh, so yeah, I'm just trying to rush towards this bathroom. And it was far away. Like it was not very close. And, like I'm just trying to rush, and like I'm almost there. Like I'm. I could. I was so close. I was. I could have dropped my pants and just jumped right into the toilet. That's how close I was. When all of a sudden I just couldn't hold it anymore. Could not hold it and just pretty much had like a big mushy shit in my pants. How? I mean, how close did you get? Like the door was right in front of me. So you were mere feet. From the door. Yep. Did you open the door yet? No. Okay. I was so like, you were, you were the way about that, to open. You were about to approach and open the door. Yeah. I was okay. like, I entered the hall. Well, because here's the thing: like the bathroom structure was, it was uh, uh it was on the outside toilet, uh, outside bathroom with plumbing, and like they're between the before the doors. There's this little little fenced off door in front of it i was right there like in front of the fence door if not in it in front of the the stalls ready to open it when i just lost control and just couldn't hold it anymore Mm -hmm. and just like let go i just i just stood there frozen as i just evacuated my bowels right in my pants so okay so you shit yourself but then what I mean, you're almost in such a vicinity. What I would have done, I mean, you know, who's to say? You're in a you're in a frenzy, you're in a panic. It's hard to say. So, I mean, you can't really think clearly. But, because I've been there. What I would have tried to have done, if I couldn't have made it, I'd have kicked that fucking door in real quick, pulled my pants down, and aimed my asshole at the <laughs> toilet and just shot like a trajectory. And just yeah. hope that I, that I hit the, the hole. You know? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, I ain't gonna say it's a 50 50 chance, but it's better than shit in your pants. At least not all of it is in your pants. So, okay, you yeah. shit yourself. How do you handle the situation from there? So, as soon as I feel it, as soon as I feel it coming out of my ass, like I'm not even in the stall yet. Like, I'm like, it maybe four, three more steps and I would have been inside of it. But I just like, couldn't hold it, and I just, I just froze there as everything just came up. Like so you I didn't was, move, yeah. you didn't even try mid shit. You didn't like in a <laughs> no, frenzy. The damage was already thing. done. Okay, like, the damage see, was already no, done. No, no, not necessarily. You know, it ain't like it come out all at once. You know what I mean? Fuck that. If I, if even if I was turtle heading or or some shit had already, no, this, this was turtle heading. There was okay, already. Fuck. If it had already started to splatter out and it was still coming out, I'd still make a mad dash and and I'd get, I'd get out what I could get out, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> but again, you're in a precarious situation. So okay, 
Yeah, you well, shit yourself, you stand there frozen. Yeah. Then what? So everything just comes out and then I'm like I'm just frozen there when some random guy, some random kid passed by me like, What's wrong with you? Like did you shit your pants? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Did he laugh? No, he just kinda of like Let's he just he just out. walked he just he just he may maybe he laughed afterwards, but uh, I'm not sure. No, I would have stopped so, and, what's that ca- character on Simpsons? Which the one? Fucking ha ha! Oh, oh, Nelson! Yeah, I would have Nelson. You right then and there. But here, here's this isn't even the ending of this embarrassment. So, damn, I'm like shit in my pants. I I can feel it running down my pants leg. So I go into the bathroom and try to clean myself off as as best I can. Like just grab a like a wad of toilet paper and just like pick just. Scrape off the mushy shit from my yeah the look. You know you're not going to be able to get the residuals, but yeah, but the the major. I'm, try, I'm trying my best here to just clean myself. Yeah, and as soon as like I get rid of most of it, I walk to the principal's office. Now, just for the record, everybody, uh, the the primary school I went to, uh, it wasn't inside this big building. It was like. Smaller buildings connected to each other, which is just a big outdoor area. <laughs> so anytime you finish class, you'd be walking outside. You won't you weren't walking inside a building. And the principal's office was also outside. It was interconnected between all these classrooms. So I walk over to her, her office and I open the door. I'm like trying to tell her, Hey, look, I had an accident, I shit my pants and like before I could fully step in, she just stops me. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on there. You smell sh- like shit. Please stay the fuck out of my office. Oh, that, you know, I got to say, <laughs> I, d- I think that's pretty shitty of her. Pun intended. That's fucked up. That is not right. <laughs> You're fucking principal. A kid shit is, so- you know what I mean? I would be, I would have, I would like to think I'd have a little more compassion than that. That's kind of yeah. fucked up. So then, so then she calls my aunt, who's working there. She's a she's a teacher. She was a teacher at the school I was going to, and you know she was at class at that time. So she calls her over, informs her of the situation, and my aunt, uh, she then get heads back home to get my get me a pair of pants, a pair of clean pants, not underwear though. Didn't, didn't bring me underwear. She just uh, clean clean pair of jeans. Well. I'd have brought you. Oh. Fucking, I'd have took you outside and took you to the damn water hose. <laughs> so you know, she comes back, gives me a pair of clean jeans. I take off my old pair, and I take off my totally destroyed uh, briefs. They're like it's it's mess. It's fucking like R.I.P. Man, fuck. It's <laughs> those motherfuckers. Like, it's like like uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, eating a lot of, like, engine curry, spicy shit, and then... Do you know what you ate that day? No. Uh, No, but, like, that's kind of what it looked like. That's how the underwear looked. And imagine, too, like, I know you cleaned some of it out, but imagine, like, there's still residual shit in there, and you're walking, and it's, like, getting on your little balls, like your 10-year-old balls and shit. That's fucked up, dude. Probably. There's probably some in there. Yeah. So, I had no... 
like those on that that brief, those briefs, they were unsalvageable. So I just threw them in the dumpster. And to really tap tap off the perfect shade day. Uh, so my aunt, she wouldn't take me home because I smelled bad. She didn't want uh, the smell of shit in her car. And my mom, she was probably fucking fast asleep at this point. So I had to walk home. How far was home? I'll probably say a good 10 to 20 minutes. That's fucked up. You got yeah. some fucked up uh, adults in your life. Like, yeah. so, I, so I just want you to like understand here. I cleaned as much of the shit as I could, but like I still smell like it. There was still shit residuals mm-hmm. on like on my legs, clinging onto the fresh pair of jeans I just got. I had no underwear. Like I was just going, you know, fucking commando here, and I had to walk ten to twenty minutes to get home because no one wanted to give me a ride, mm-hmm. and I just had to like stew in my own smells in the hot sun. Oh, this shit was bacon. Yeah, yeah see, when it, the, I mean, the last time I shit myself was about that age. You know, nine, ten years old. But mine was, I, I feel like, it was bad, but also, I, I feel like people were a little more compassionate to me. They weren't, they weren't, certainly weren't as callous. I uh, tried out for Little League baseball or t-ball or some shit like that. I was like nine and I went up to practice, and I was super excited about it. I had my little uniform on, real stoked. And we start playing. I get up to bat, and I just feel this fucking nervous nervousness and rumbling and all. You know, I'm, I'm obviously nervous. It's my first day there, and my nerves is all twisted up. I'm anxious and excited, and, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of feels going on in my, in my head and in my damn stomach. And that shit starts turning in knots, and I, I just know I'm going to shit myself. And I, before I take a swing, I walk up to the, whatever, the nearest adult. And I'm, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to poop myself. Frick. Oh, frick. I'm going to poop myself. Help. Help. And so, bless his heart. What a sweetheart. This man was a saint. This poor bastard, as I'm desperately trying not to shit myself, grabs me by the hand and runs with what spelt, I mean, it felt like the fucking speed of, of, of light, you know, at it, it, it a rapid force at which we broke the fucking sound barrier. We fucking sprinted toward the building inside, out from the field, uh, to go to the bathroom. And much like your own story, right before I got there, you know, mere, mere, mere fucking feet away. Before I could get to the bathroom, I, I shit myself. And, it, you know, it ran down my leg into my shoes and socks. And uh, But he was nice about it. He was he was nice. And I don't think any of the other kids found out till now, if they're listening to this somehow, some way. Uh, if you're one of our two listeners, somebody you fucks I went to school with. But essentially, uh, yeah, he was super nice. Called my mom. She very discreetly came and picked me up and, you know, wa- washed myself off. So it wasn't that bad. I mean... I still shit my pants, and that part was relatively unfortunate. But I feel like it could have been a lot worse, you know. But either way, I mean, I think everybody has a good shitting in their pants story. But you know, there's worse. There's worse to childhood, and I feel like even when something like that happens to you, and you get the worst of it, and 
you get tormented or, or fucking picked on for something like that or, or just some shit, whatever it is, you know, there's always the next big thing. And I think that's what kids forget is you might have had a bad day and somebody just tore you apart and you just it was fucking awful. And you just want to go home and watch fucking Dragon Ball and finally see if he fucks Frieza for the fucking like we're on the 50th fucking episode. It still ain't happened yet. But you just get disappointed anyway. Uh, but generally, you know, kids forget shit quick. You know, they're mean as hell, but they move on. And then, you know, the next kid's going to shit his pants tomorrow. So fuck it. I'm too worried about it. But I think ultimately, I was pretty satisfied. I made the best of it. You know, my dad worked all the fucking time. He was very rarely home. And when he was, he was mad as hell. You know, and my mom was just fucking chilling with her buddies fucking getting high and shit which you know hey we all make our fucking mistakes we're good now everything's cool I, i'm not one of those people that fucking begrudges their parents for you know mistakes they made 25 fucking years ago or something uh, so it is what it is but i like to think that all of us made the best of it you know we all did whether it was stone fucking dirt clods or, or what have you you know we we always and that's what is so great about being a child is is and I think it's so important to keep to as as the young bucks say the the young the young kids not as keep that same energy uh, to keep that same energy. It's so vital, and I mean it's next to impossible as you get older. But I just remember as a kid the creativity of being a child and the way you think and what you get excited about. You know, like just like that clubhouse next to it, we had a treehouse, and we were always building on it and working and stuff till Danny fell off the damn thing and impaled his leg with a nail. And he had to go to the hospital, so thanks a lot. He had to ruin it, and then we fucking tore it down. Bastard, him and his damn super injury, son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, how are we considering that? How fucking dare he? I mean, dude, we do some crazy shit, though. Like, uh, somehow we found some bullets to, uh, some you know, that we shouldn't have been into. Somehow we got high up on a shelf in my dad's garage and found some fucking rifle ammo. And, uh, you know, you could argue it was negligent on his part, but you could also counter-argue that we didn't fucking belong in there. So, we got a bunch of ammo, and, uh, you know, I don't know, we was just fucking around with it. Cody, in his infinite wisdom, the the young genius that he was, <laughs> decides we're all sitting around the fire playing around. We made, like, a little fire and shit, and, uh, which is already, I, I just felt like, I don't know who let us do that. I certainly would not let... A, children start making a fire in the woods behind your home that we probably required more supervision than we had and cody decides to find the bullets uh to scour around and throw them into the fucking fire okay and it's fucking popped and like shot or something and i fucking dove and tackled him to protect him because i thought he was gonna fucking die like i thought we were gonna you know it was gonna fucking explode and like shoot one of us fucking idiot you know, so we'd always find something to do, even if it was something incredibly hazardous and stupid. Also, going back to the, the random cars and trucks we had strewn about the, the garage lot, there were these uh, old uh, like tractor trailer, like the trucks, the front ends, you know, the track, the, the actual beds weren't connected to them anymore, the cargo beds and whatnot. So it was just the front end of the truck. And, and a lot of these trucks, they have cabs in the rear where they sleep 
you know, where truckers are trucking all day and night and they'll pull over somewhere and, and sleep in the back. But there's these tiny, tiny, teeny beds in the back of the cab and they just sleep back there. So we decided, and this was actually a fucking awesome idea, we brought a tiny TV from our clubhouse, carried it out there, and ran an extension cable all the way uh, to this fucking little TV. And we rented The Exorcist and watched that shit. Late, dark as fuck, inside this tiny cab of this fucking abandoned uh, tractor-trailer bed truck. Or the back of the bed of this tractor-trailer. It was fucking awesome, dude. That was the shit. And then... After we were watched that for whatever reason, instead of being scared shitless, we were amped. And we decided, and we thought this was hilarious, to write mischievous notes and leave them on the doorsteps of neighbors. So we wrote, uh, like, my uncle, my dad's brother. Because, you know, my whole family lived on the same street. You know, everybody's on that same street when I was growing up. And uh, he, we wrote a note to my uncle. It said something about him having a noodle dick. Like, haha, f- fuck you, noodle dick. <laughs> like, no reason. He was super nice to me all the time. I don't know why, you know. And his wife, uh, Rita, was like the sweetest fucking woman ever. She was super nice. And uh, also, sidebar, when we, were, when we were little, we didn't have a crushed ice machine. And for whatever reason... I fucking loved Crush Ice, so I was so stoked to go to Freddie's house and Rita's house, because my cousin lived there, Candace. I mean, obviously she lived there. She's their fucking child. And she had all the fancy stuff that, you know, we didn't have. She had a lot more than those, because I had more money than those. And we'd go play her. This is before we had a Super Nintendo, and, you know, we had enough money to get one, and we'd play her stuff and her toys and this, that, and the other. And she'd have all these, like, fancy dolls that were worth a shitload of money. And anyway, I was just excited because they had a crushed ice machine in their fridge and so i get crushed ice with my soda pop and i thought that was like the goddamn most awesome thing in the world yeah. for whatever retarded reason yeah but when i was growing up i also want one of those in my house yeah yeah we, we just had the cube so uh the cube ice which is just peasant level now i'm happy to say as an adult man <laughs> nearing 30 i finally have the capability to produce crushed ice for my own refrigerator which i rarely use by the way but still that's when you know you've you truly accomplished everything in life. yeah that's how you know but it also shows that i've just lost my will to uh hearken back to my childhood you know to re to relive the good times even if it's as simple as crushed ice i've just abandoned it it meant so much to me as a child and now i've just spit in the face of it i don't even give a fuck but anyway uh we left a note on his door and made fun of him having a noodle dick or something. And we, we just did this all over the fucking street. Or we'd tell somebody like that they had saggy boobies or something. And like, <laughs> and we thought we were so fucking clever. And the notes like folded down. Like the front of the note was something like really warm and inviting and nice and happy. But as soon as you folded it back, it was like something really mean and insulting. Like we would actually illustrate the noodle dick. We like drew a little noodle that looked like a tiny noodle dick you know or like flabby boobies or something and we just thought that shit was fucking hilarious and we also thought that we were no one knew it was us you know we was all super secretive in some fight club underground project mayhem shit i believe it was project mayhem but yeah i mean that was awesome though i i fucking love that um all of it really i mean the the only shitty parts were again the fact that i was ginger and fucking tormented relentlessly just constantly picked on and it, you know to the point and i've told you this before uh one of the first books i read start to finish was a book called i believe freckle juice uh 
And if I remember correctly, maybe wrong, but in my mind, to the best of my recollection, it's about a boy who has freckles and he does not like his freckles because the other kids make fun of him or he's different or whatever. You know, I was in like second grade or some shit. Give me a fucking break. I'm like six years old and six or seven. And uh, in the book, he doesn't like his freckles. So he's like, fuck these freckles. So he drinks something to get rid of them. And then he realizes he's just like everybody else and he's, he's fucking normal. So he, he works to make an antidote or some shit to get his freckles back. And it's basically about him accepting his freckles and being different. But as a kid, I was super – before I read this, I was extremely self-conscious of my freckles, and I would always wear long sleeve shirts, always. If you look at any picture of me as a child around that era, you know, uh, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I would only ever wear uh, long sleeve shirts because I was embarrassed of my freckles because the other kids picked on me, and, you know, I hated it. So I'd cover them up, and my second grade teacher, I fucking love her. Her name was Miss Templeton. I think it's like Miss Phillips now. She was the fucking best ever. I loved her. She was amazing. We got to go out to her. She lived in this beautiful old farmhouse out in the boonies somewhere, and she had goats and shit. And just We took a trip, field trip out there one day, and we just got to play everywhere. It was fucking amazing. It was a beautiful place. And she was just so great. And she is the one who like pushed me to read and, and get into that creative side and to write and stuff. And she asked me one day why I always wear a long sleeve shirt. And she thought that it was because I, and my parents abused me. She was worried that my parents had been abusing me and that I might have bruises and, and stuff on my arms. And of course, like that wasn't true at all. Like none of that happened, but you know, she was worried about it. So she asked to see my arms and a shoulder and, I, and she said, why do you wear these shirts? Why I've noticed you, you never ever wear short sleeve shirts or anything like that. And I said, because the other kids make fun of me because of my freckles. And, you know, of course, she consoled me. And, and then she found that book uh, a little bit after that and gave it to me. I read it. And then from then on, I finally embraced my freckledom and, and my differences. And As I got older, I mean, I still got picked on, for fuck's sake. Come on. It's a scrawny kid with a gigantic fucking nose, red hair, and freckles. Also, I dressed like shit, which I partially blame my parents for that. My dad got me a Hawaiian shirt and a gold chain. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in the fucking, like, sixth grade goddamn nose that looks like a fucking toucan beak you know fucking goofy ass red hair freckles gaudy and skinny as hell tall with a fucking big ass like 2x hawaiian shirt and a fucking cheap gold chain i just fucking christ it was awful <laughs> i can't believe they let me dress like that so um yeah, I mean, but eventually I just learned to to understand that the anger, because my biggest flaw was that I would get mad. I would get angry when when I was made fun of, and that just made it worse. And I eventually learned that, and just not, I just learned to just not let it bother me. And then I just started to read and learn more, and my vocabulary got better, and, and I started to outsmart the other children. So I, when they made fun of me, I would just outsmart them and make them feel stupid and, and make fun of them in a more intelligent manner. And eventually they just left me alone, and I eventually became friends with the bullies and this, that, and the other, you know? So, overall, I think it ended pretty well. Hell, I remember the fucking kid who constantly picked on me the most, his name was Josh. He was a total dick. He always made fun of my mom, which pissed me the fuck off because I was a total mama's boy as a kid. And uh, near the tail end, when I was a senior in high school, I had a shitload of hours to make up uh, to graduate because I was, like, super addicted to World of Warcraft to play this shit constantly. And because my town fucking sucked and there's nothing to do so 
I ended up having to do like 50 something hours of makeup credit. And he was also in the makeup credit course. And I, that's where I started writing, where I like really genuinely started writing and wrote like the early draft of a screenplay and stuff. I was about 17 or so. And he was in that class and we ended up becoming really good friends. And we were just joking around, looking up like whale penises and shit on the internet and comparing them to meerkat penises and very things of very phallic nature generally. And, uh, yeah, we became good buds. It was it was it was a good time, you know. So I don't really think I I left. I was a very angsty and and um, angry child in a lot of ways. But that's just you know the environment I grew up in and this that and the other. And eventually, and just being picked on and whatnot. But eventually, I just learned to cope with it and use it in my to my favor to my advantage. And I didn't really leave on bad terms with anyone. I left pretty animosity free. So I think overall, while I had a relatively tumultuous experience throughout school, I left feeling a hell of a lot better than I did going into it. But, you know, I was always in trouble because I was just a smart ass and I couldn't keep my fucking mouth shut and talking back to teachers, sometimes deservedly so, and sometimes it was unwarranted. But, you know, I'd say it was pretty good in the long run. But still, you know, I I think that most kids growing up, they're they're gonna. I mean, pretty all kids. Let's just be honest, all kids. You're gonna just get picked apart at some point. Kids are ruthless. They're fucking ruthless. They're mean, and it's hard not to let it affect you as a child. Bullied and this, that, and the other. But I think it's a natural part of life. I think it's important, and I think masking your children from it or trying to hide from it or not not that kids should bully or be mean or anything like that but you just can't avoid nasty shitty people in life it would be great and and when i have a child i'd love and i I intend to teach my child to be a good person to be kind and compassionate and patient but you know unfortunately not everyone's going to be that way and there's just shitty people in this world some of them are children and some of those children grow up to be grown-ass adults who are also still shitty but Hiding away and pretending like it doesn't exist doesn't solve anything. It's a it's an important part of life. You have to understand, you know, how shitty people can be to appreciate the good ones and vice versa. So I think that uh you know, it's 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 a natural part of life. I wasn't I'm not upset about it. I don't begrudge people, I don't hold on to it. It doesn't I don't look back on my childhood and feel like I missed out on something or it was particularly negative. Because I, I had some experiences like that. Even though I got I got the fucking brunt of it, trust me. I got, I got it a lot, heavily and often. But I don't blame and hold fault and all this shit. Because, you know, kids are kids. They're going to be kids. They're just That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, with me... It's sometimes it's hard for me to look back at my childhood and think it was a good one. You know, it it could have been worse. Don't get me wrong. Like I think, I think there are kids who've had way worse than I did, where it's like just pure abuse. You know, being beaten every day, or just not having to eat, or just like anything. It's like I, I definitely think. Some kids had it way worse than I did growing up. But 
at the same time, it's like it's kind of hard for me now as an adult, knowing what I know, to really call my child anything that you know, call it good because. For a lot of it, I just kind of like spent in my own little world, just in my house, in my quiet little corner watching TV and going to school. And and I just like remember a lot of the time it's just being mortified, just completely mortified of my mom and how she'd react if I ever came home with a, a bad report card or even just like failing one test. Like I'd still get like, beaten by her like she she would legitimately punch me so sometimes it's kind of, it's kind of hard to really think I had a good childhood there were like good times between us but also just like a lot of bad times yeah and I, th- I think what hurt hurt your childhood a lot too was I mean because I, I certainly can't say that my parents while I can't say that my parents were as, as brutal and negligent and violent, or you know, that was never really the case. There wasn't really a lot of like physical violence or anything like that. It was mostly just yelling and chaos and some fucking verbal abuse. But, you know, again, I don't hold grudges. But I, I still feel like while my parents were absent in ways, like, my again, my dad worked constantly. He was never home. and But he was sacrificing for us for the most part. And my mom was just fucking high with her friends a lot of the time. Still yet, I at least was, and this is, the I think, the stark contrast between our childhoods. One is your your mom's uh, fucking volatile behavior, to say the least. But also the fact that you just weren't socialized. You know, that's the, the, the huge difference. The reason I look back fondly is because it was full of camaraderie and friendship. And I think a lot of what makes your childhood so hard to reflect upon is because... You were alone for so much of it, and you were basically yeah. raised by a fucking television. Yep, I had like friends here and there, but uh, like as far as like actual friends, I probably only really had one. Uh, mm-hmm. Kill a kid called Junior, but uh, we were only friends for a couple of years before he kind of like turned his back on me. And like, well, what worked... happened with that? Why did he, why did he? Uh, so what happened was, he used to live much closer to my house. Like, he used to have a house close to mine, close to the main street of uh, Aruba here. And, like, I'd try to go to his house as much as I can, hang out with him. But then, uh, I believe what happened was his mom divorced his dad, and she, she moved out, she moved out of the house, and. They bought a new place, or at least rented a new place. And as soon as he got to that new neighborhood, he started hanging around with the kids that lived there. And I don't know, like I, I didn't like the kids there. They were like really mean. They were assholes. And he just spent a lot of time with them. And eventually, he just kind of like started uh, acting more and more like an asshole himself. You know, he, he, uh, his mom would tell him to not do shit, but he like do it anyway out of defiance even when she threatened to not take him anywhere uh he was just like a mean starting to become a mean bastard and then one day i'm just in the main street with my aunt doing some shopping when i just kind of like see him and a group of kids walking down the street and i'm like 
waving to him from the store, and the kids he's with are kind of like just trying to be assholes and kind of like making faces at me, and I'm like making faces back at them, like just showing I ain't taking that shit from them. And we walk out of the store, and they're like trying to pick a fight with me. And then when my aunt came around, she's like trying to break up a fight that's about to happen, and she's asking me who's who's responsible. I'm like saying, well, they are. Like they're the ones trying to pick a fight with me. And then you know, she looks at the junior who she knew as my friend, and asks him, like, all right, so who who started the fight? And he just kind of like threw me under the bus and said I did. Hmm. And did she believe it? I don't think she did, but I I definitely kind of like left that moment. Like that moment was like the first time I ever really felt betrayed by anyone. Like I was kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, what, what "How old were you heck? at the time?" I wasn't that old. I was like maybe between ten to twelve. Yeah. So whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. Uh, after that, I just kind of like lost touch with the guy. Just like I remember seeing him once a few years back, but uh, never stay in contact. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, after that shit, I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't like look at him the same way ever again. Yeah, it's just dire betrayal. Yeah. And after that, I just made other friends. Uh, one kid called John Paul, and later on, Daniel, who you know. Well, you've never met him, but you've heard the stories. Right. And then John. And then some, some weird ginger fucker uh, from like, uh, North Carolina. I've, I don't I've heard of that guy. <laughs> I don't even talk about him. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, like I, I think his, uh, I think his name was, I like, was I'd it, like to... was it Moch or Morch or something like that? Midge, Midge, that's Midge. it, that's it, Midge, 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 sweet. yeah, Midge, what a fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Anyway, yeah, I mean, that's just why it's so important. I just feel like togetherness and camaraderie and friendship and this and that just people belong together they belong together they just should not be alone and i think that's the saddest thing you know children who are just alone i was watching this documentary the other day about this woman and uh who was as they put it super morbidly obese their words she was uh 448 pounds or something like that she's five foot one or two uh very very big woman and, you know, she seemed really kind and sweet. And I, and part of me felt really bad for her. She clearly felt like a lot of people with body image issues, a lot of, you know, body dysmorphia problems. She felt shame and guilt and, and you know, all these other feelings and, you know, thoughts of suicide and fucked up things, you know, uh, because of her weight. She had a son, a nine-year-old son named nicholas or something he was it's the sweetest fucking kid i've I've ever seen so sweet this this little guy and i just thought of the, the trauma that this kid like he was while he was a sweetheart and you could tell he loved his mom and, and he'd do anything in the world for her 
it, it broke my heart because I just think about what this child could become, you know, and, and essentially she's a single mom. She's, you know, on disability and this, that, and the other. She doesn't work. She doesn't, no one, she doesn't do anything. She eats constantly. And she has this little fella do everything, you know, he, and she loves him. I mean, they have a good relationship, but it's a very dangerous and toxic relationship in a sense where he, the little dude was, was, he's always alone besides his mom. He he doesn't have any friends. He's relentlessly picked on at school. The other kids torment him to no end because he's, he's very overweight as a child. I mean, very, very, very overweight. And, uh, she's obviously huge. So he, she has him, he does everything because she's, she's so physically big that she, she can't do it. So he, you know, vacuums the floors and cleans and, and, you know, she doesn't cook. She just orders food constantly. But the, the most haunting part about this, my heart just fucking sank and it just felt like it was melting and, and not in the sappy sentimental way, uh, it was just so hard to watch. But this little guy bathes his mom. He's nine years old. And his mom is so big, she can't bathe herself. So he has to wash her. And just thinking about the emotional trauma that that will inflict uh, as, as a person grows up. I mean, it's just is devastating to think about. And this little dude, again, he's, he's so sweet. And he's so kind. And she, every day... When she's so big that she can barely fit in the car and drive into school, and it's it's only half a mile away, it's not far. Like to any normal person, you just walk there with your child. But she's embarrassed to walk, and she's too physically she's too, she's too big. She can't walk that long, you know. And so she takes him to school in the car. You know, she drives him that half a mile, drives him there every day. But she's too embarrassed to get out of the car and say goodbye to him. So he gets out and goes to school. And every day that she picks him up. She goes to the store, the local, the local shop, and they go in and buy treats and snacks and, and all kinds of goodies. And she's presumably on some form of welfare or whatever it is. She lives in Britain, so whatever the fuck the situation is over there. And it's some type of government-assisted situation. And she buys just a bunch of junk, and she goes home with her, with her little kid, and they just pig out. And then she'll ask him, you know, what do you want to eat? And he's like, I want a kebab. I want a kebab, mummy. And then she just fucking calls a local place. And they know, like, she don't even have to say her name, dude. They know her voice. She says she orders there four to five times a week. And she ordered fucking kebabs and and, and uh, fries and just ton, just fucking mountain of ketchup and shit. And she's just pigging out with this little fella. And then she'll have him go outside on his tiny trampoline and just bounce constantly. And she, like, stood from afar and... From, from the inside glass, watching him crying, tears streaming down her fucking face, knowing she's, like, fucking her son up so badly. Like, she knew she's fucking him up. And she loves him, and she doesn't want to, but she just feels trapped in this body and wants to die, but won't. she just won't kill herself because of her son. So the whole point of this is it leads to her getting gastric bypass, which she has successfully. And even still, she, even after... She would eat to the point that she would she would vomit because when you have gastric bypass, you know they essentially they take your stomach and shrink it from the size of like a fucking melon to an egg, and she would eat to the point where she would just throw up and she would just keep eating and just got sick constantly. She wouldn't stop, and uh, thankfully, in the end, 
she ended up losing like over a hundred pounds in six months, which is, you know, that tends to happen when you, when you follow the diet and just the gastric bypass alone just cuts so much weight. And, uh, she exercises regularly, found a man and, and is trying to, instead of taking her kid to the shop, eating candy and this, that, and the other the little guy, she takes him to the park and plays and this, that, and the other. So, I mean, my point is, is just your childhood is such so pivotal it's so important it's so delicate and precious and and it can be an incredible and beautiful experience full of livelihood and imagination and and love but when you got the wrong fucking captain steering that ship holy fuck it is it's scary and sad and and haunting and i think that's indicative of of a lot of your experiences as a child yeah yeah because, like, it really, I really do have a struggle. Not on a daily basis, but like, anytime I think about it, like, I do have a struggle to, to really say if if she was a good mom or if it was like a good childhood. Because there are times when she was good, but she was only good whenever she'd take me out to see movies or treat me to like you know fast food or so it was just stuff and things it, it was yeah. more of a pass it was more of her pacifying you than <clears throat> than being like emotionally supportive or, yeah. or something like that right yeah and sometimes you know sometimes she like tried to support me but like well not really it's like Cause I remember a lot of my childhood always being my mom being like the very emotionally clingy type where she like she's all about the hugs and kisses and and treat and giving you goodies while my aunt was a uh, more of kind of like just like a father kind of where she like ish yeah because my aunt was much more disciplined and she was much more reserved when it came to showing expressing uh emotions and uh and love you know although like maybe a bit too much in my opinion but uh but yeah like a lot of times like that's just how i i see my mom where just she just took me places and gave me stuff but she also was very verbally abusive to me and physically yeah. and sometimes i just kind of like feel like it it wasn't warranted like like i said like i don't know how most kids got punished i don't know how about how about you but i always thought like your parents will only ever like get physical with you when you've done something like really bad like like if you punched uh like if you were like a little boy and you punched a girl and yeah you, you got your like, ass banked you know that's, yeah. that's really the worst of it it should but, be but with me, it was, oh, you like you 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 bet you bring in a bad report card. All right, well, I'm gonna smack your ass. I'm gonna smack the shit out of you with with your own belt, and leave you bruised. Well, I mean, what on the ass? On your back. Oh, that's definitely wrong. I was gonna say like if you if you were bad in school and you were causing trouble and. You know, not just bad grades. Because, I mean, you know, if you're struggling and, and you need help, I, I don't think that that's something to be punished. I think you should encourage and try to get to the bottom of it. But now if your kid's, like, causing trouble and talking back and being insubordinate and this, that, and the other in school, 
And that's why their grades are low. And, you know, you you rationally explain what they did. And then, you know, you pop them on the ass with a belt. I don't personally see anything wrong with that. You know, I'm a little old school. But I think push come to shove, if you kept it up, that's okay. But on the back, fuck no. That's super immoral. Like, that's, yeah, that's like, definitely not right at all. Again, this, for bad grades, this wasn't, like, bad behaviors, like, yeah, I don't yeah, give a I shit. Like, you still shouldn't I... beat your kid on the back yeah. of the belt. That's fucking disgusting. It's childish. And that, and that's just with, like, the layer part, but, like, with the actual belt buckle. No, that's child abuse. Like, like she, me... she should be locked the fuck up for that. That's disgusting. Because for, for days, I swear, for days, my back was bruised. It was black and blue from my own belt buckle. Like, it was my own belt with my own belt buckle. Yeah, I mean, that's a, who gives a shit whose belt it was? I mean, that's just extra humiliating. But the point is, is that it's with the fucking buckle on the back. That's super fucking abusive. Seriously, and it, like, if I, definitely in this era, I mean, it's a different era when we were growing up, but definitely in this era, she, she, you would have been taken away from her, rightfully so, and she would be in fucking custody right now. Like, that's disgusting. Anyone who treats their child that way is a piece of fucking human garbage. That's awful. You know, I had some bad times, you know, I got my ass kicked sometimes, but very rarely. And it and it usually wasn't that bad. I just had a lot of verbal abuse, which, again, is shitty, too. But nothing as severe, I feel like, as you experience. That's some pretty fucking devastating shit. And also, I think, too, is like my parents. I still feel like they make a lot of mistakes. There's still a lot. You know, I think they do that. I, I certainly would do differently myself. But um uh, our relationship has been my relationship with my parents has been very positive as an adult very good you know i have i have my complaints of them but that's only of of their lives and their lifestyles but as my personal relationship with them is generally very good you know and i'm past whatever bullshit happened as a child i don't begrudge anything you know they're good people they mean well ultimately they're well-intentioned they're just maybe a little too nice but i still feel like that never really, nothing really ever got resolved with your mom. You know, she just fucking still, she just never grew up. And I think all the hugs and kisses and this and that, I don't think it's so much because she loves you so much and cares and she wants to shower you with affection. I think it's for her. It's because she's still an insecure little girl who never got enough attention, you know? And and also because of her complicated relationship with your dad and how she feels towards him spiteful and angry and just tries to poison you against them which is the worst fucking thing that divorced or separated couples can ever do uh when they're raising a child separately it's awful i think that that had a hugely detrimental impact on on your development and i think that yeah she just tried to poison you against them and took time away from your relationship like you should have had more time to develop with your dad and you didn't get it because of her attitude and her selfishness. And I think a lot of it boils down to like when you were trying to visit here, just visit here, you know, the, how not just her, you're on as well, but particularly her, how adamant she was that you not go and you not do this and you not experience anything, just fucking controlling and manipulative and just uh, a child, really. She's just very, very childish. Yeah. And it's, uh, it makes sense to me because of uh, how she was raised, you know, her because uh, she is among her siblings, like the baby of the group. She's like the youngest, and she came like when my grandparents were already in their forties. Like she was their last kid, and 
it a lot of it it reflected on that because they were very strict with her. She wouldn't they wouldn't let her do what she wanted. Like if she wanted to go party, they always tried to prevent us. Well, they probably with, had so many. You know, how many brothers and sisters does she have? Or did, she, you know, total? She had three older sisters plus one older brother okay. who was so, the favorite so there were five well that yeah. makes sense he was the only boy so i could see that happening you know when they're being him being the only one but you know they probably felt like they made their mistakes and had their bumps and fucking scrapes with their first four kids so they were like well we're not making that mistake again well that's you know? the thing like the first at least two like the first Two, uh, well, not first, but like the eldest and my aunt, who is the third one, uh, they didn't have any problems with them. Like they, they raised them like they used, like they did. And when they were 13, 12, they sent them to boarding school in uh, Curacao to study for uh, a teaching degree. Hmm. Uh, the second aunt, the second one, their second kid. She kind of like had a lot of like learning disabilities. She wasn't retarded, but uh, she was having a lot a hard time actually understanding a lot of her classes. So she never really continued much in studies. She she just kind of like grew up and then just got married and became a housewife. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle uh, already told you like he was the, the favorite at least of my grandpa. Like he was always showered with the. Uh, with things and you know, allow a little bit more freedom. And I think it's like what's more. I important think that's is typical, the, though, is that that a boy gets more freedom than a yeah. girl because a, ch- a parent's more fearful of like their daughter getting pregnant or, or some yeah. shit like that. I would imagine. And I think, and I think that's what's important because with the, my two aunts who went overseas to study, they really weren't there enough to have much of a relationship with my mom when she was growing up. It was mostly the the second eldest and my uncle, especially my uncle, who was closest to her in age. And I think because he got he got more preferential treatment than her, that she was more rebellious and than the other kids. And it just like it, she acted out way more. And whenever they deny her what she wanted to do, it yeah, you know, like it just kind of like kind of developed who she she became as an adult yeah which is because, a child yeah because like i remember this very clearly whenever she would talk, tell me this uh growing up and she'd always tell the story proudly like it's like an achievement like she did like she achieved a personal victory for herself uh when like after she had me i was still uh, an infant my dad was still around, like trying to make the relationship work. But she'd always go out partying with her friends, drinking, clubbing, dancing. And my my dad obviously was upset with us because you know she just turned, she just became a mom, and she was in her thirties at this point, and he just kind of felt like, all right, it's enough is enough, and it's time to get serious and take care and take care of your son. But she just wouldn't listen to him, and eventually he gave her a choice that 
if he if she wants him around, then she'd have to stay home, stop with her her partying, and just be be a mom. Or you know, I mean, is he saying like you can't work, you can't have your own fucking life, or you just got to? No, stop he's saying just stop partying. Okay, stop so that's partying. I think that's more than that's more than reasonable. Like it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't, no, you can't go to work. You can't yeah, it's have not like you it's stay just, fucking home and you watch a baby. It was just stop no, just, fucking partying. Okay. Yeah. All right. Literally just stop going out at night and partying. And yeah, he gave her the choice of stop partying and have family or go out, do whatever the fuck she wants, but he's not going to be part of her life. You know, and she made her choice to go out and party, have, have her fun and and it made his choice much more much more easier to do, and he just he just left. He stopped uh, being with her and just kind of like went went back to his previous family. Well, if that weren't chi- if that weren't the childish decision, if if it weren't obvious enough that that were the child that was the obvious childish decision to make, uh, I feel like it's exacerbated by the fact that she's very much proud of it and the fact that she's still. That she poisoned you against him, even though she's the one who fucked up. Yep. He had a reasonable request and gave her every opportunity. She didn't take it. She chose the childish, selfish option option, and still blames him, which is exactly what a kid does. They, they blame the other person. They blame the other person. I mean, that's just why it's so important, man. That's why I'm so passionate about that shit. Like, just the the possibility of becoming a dad and and shit like that's why it's so important to me because i feel like you're you're you know not that you're bad as an adult or anything like that but just i feel like you were so poorly uh led you know like you were let down and misled and just that's a perfect example of when a parent drops the ball really badly and how much it impacts a child and that's not to say you can't come back from it and you can't do better because you definitely have, but it's devastating to a child. Like, they're, a child, their God is not fucking God Almighty, Jesus Christ, Allah, this, that. It's their parents. Children worship their parents. They love their parents. They, your parent is is everything. They're your fucking little safety zone. And when your parent fucking turns around and stabs you in the fucking back, it's it's so confusing and devastating for a child it's the worst thing that can happen to a kid and it completely fucks their development up because trust is such a vital aspect of relationships and what a parent fails a child to that extent the trust is gone and that's when it's hard for for young people like that to grow up and find success in relationships and and they struggle with self-esteem and confidence because they have a fear of abandonment you know it's just a lot of people just shouldn't have kids. I mean, I'm glad you exist and all, but a lot of people just definitely should not have children at all. Yeah. But I mean, even the fact that I exist is another example for uh, bad you know, life choices. Mm-hmm. Because while I, I wasn't an accident, but you know, she knew that my dad was already married with a, a wife and two kids before before entering a relationship with them. Yeah, I mean, well, they're both at fault there, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's I'm going to be totally honest. I mean, you, mostly your dad seems like a nice guy. He's, I mean, he's a fucking scumbag, to be real, like, for that decision. I mean, right now, he might be a total saint, 
God bless him. You know, he could be a great person. I don't know, but he's totally a fucking scumbag. <laughs> for, for fucking, yeah. like, it, it, fuck my family. I'm going to fucking purposely impregnate another woman. You know? Yeah. And I think with my dad, it's like, I think the reason why why he kind of like did what he did, I mean, not to justify anything, it's just because I, I again, as morbid as this may sound, like I, I don't, ex- I don't support that he had an affair behind his wife's back and have a, I guess, a bastard a child, child out of with wedlock, yeah. A, yeah, a child out of wedlock, even if that child is actually me, like uh, morbid as it sounds. Uh, I think the reason why he did was because he he got his wife pregnant when he was 18 and they were just a couple. So I kind of think maybe he like he married her out of like an obligation, you know, because mm. again, like, you know, this is a, you know, my parents are like my dad's 60 some almost 70. My mom's just like still recently 60. So these are like that's a big age gap. That's yeah. a big age gap, I feel like. Yeah, so these are old school people here. Yeah, and which, which means that it would have been typical for the time to, yeah. to marry someone because you got them pregnant at that. Yeah, at again, that. my dad was 18 when he, 18, 19 right. when he got yeah, his it's like 50 years ago. Yeah, so he probably felt like uh, an obligation that he had that's to nuts. Marry. That's nuts, by the way, thinking of that. Like, that means you have, like, a fucking half-sibling that's, like, 50. Yeah. I, that's yeah, crazy, my, dude. My You're only sisters. fucking, like, 27. That's weird. That's yeah. super weird. Yeah. My eldest yeah, sister really is uh, almost 50. She's, like, I think mid-40s. Wow. Dude, that's Mid-40s. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that could be, like, like, your mom if she were super young. Like, if she had you, like, 15 or something. Yeah. It's possible. I don't know. It's fucked up. You got a fucked up dynamic. I mean, I got a fucked up family, but bless your fucking heart. I, I, I have, I've heard a lot of horror stories. I really have. But you have probably one of the most fucked up childhoods. It, like, not just the most fucked up. I mean, I've heard, like, worse, more, uh, like, violent or, or volatile environments. But you have probably one of the saddest that I've heard because it just feels so fucking lonely and it just makes me sad, man, to know that a parent would, would do that to stick their fucking kid in front of a TV and just opt to party and shit. I mean, it's one thing when you, you know, my dad had his flaws and so did my mom, but ultimately, you know, they love me and they, they still do. And they, they treat me like an adult and they treat me with respect. And you know, we have a good rapport, you know, I'm yeah. super close to my dad. He's like my best friend, but God damn, it's just like, yeah, ah, it's just, it's fucked up. It's just so fucking messed up. I've never heard one just so lonely and sad. It's, it's fucking different, for sure. Yeah. Hell, I mean, there was even, like, one time when uh, she went out parring with a... with a, at, well, To be honest, at that time, I thought the guy she went out with was just a friend. Because, again, this was... Young kid me didn't know about sex. Mm. Didn't know about you know secret porn stash and all that. Yeah, yeah. And she went out partying with this friend of hers, and I didn't see her again until 
early in the morning until like 7 a.m. So yeah, she probably went to his house and you know, and fucked and left me and left me uh, home alone. Alone? You weren't with your aunt or anything? No. I was What? You yeah. were alone, like yeah. genuinely alone. Alone. Oh, how god, I hate her, dude. I fucking hate her. <laughs> how is she not how how was Justin it's a travesty that this stupid bitch didn't go to jail. Oh, it makes me sick. Makes me fucking sick. That is disgusting. What a horrible fucking human being. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit how you feel about kids. And if you don't like kids and you never want to have kids and you're anti-kid and what the fuck ever, dude. I don't care. That's still such a fucking terrible thing to do. That's, ah, I wouldn't piss on her if she's on fire. I'll be honest. I would not. I feel like your mother is not worthy of me to spit in her face. Seriously. Fuck her, dude. Scumbag. It makes me just feel... But you know what? I think we're gonna wrap it up. I'm too fucking <laughs> mad. I'm yeah. too fucking pissed off. I've been watching documentaries on fat people for like three days. It's got me all fucking riled up and pissed off like that one we recorded a few weeks ago about fucking... When we started talking about fat people and I got all fucking... Dude, it just sets me off. It's like my fucking trigger. So, when I talk about bad parents and shit, you know, I try not to be too judgmental because I don't want to be one of those assholes who doesn't have a kid but judges parents. I'm really not like that. You know, I'm empathetic and I'm understanding and there's some complicated emotions there, but there's no complicated anything to that. That's just fucked up. So, you know what? We're going to end it on that dark and tragic note indicative of your life story. So I think in your honor, it only makes sense to to wrap it up in such a fucking comically terrible and (laughs) fucking dark way. Well, yeah, you heard it, folks. Uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, remember to tip your waitress. Have a safe drive home. And uh, please uh, stop sending us perverted messages. We don't want to see your yeah, dick. Stop fucking sending me nudes. God damn, my wife's going to divorce uh, me already. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or, yeah, yeah she's serious. She's yeah, like, she look, if any other, if any other olive, olive tanned man send us his dick pic to you, like, we're, yeah. we're done. We're over. I think I know that. Forcing is. your ass. Taking right, the dogs with me. We're out of here. See y'all See later. Ya. Bye.